Please be seated. The scripture today is from Psalm 71, and it's starting in verse 15. I will tell everyone about your righteousness, God. All day long I will pro proclaim your saving power, though I'm not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my ch earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I'm old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So see here the psalmist, we, we know a little bit about him. He, he grew up in a faithful place. That's his story. And he's been telling people how God has been working in his life. And he says, now I'm, I have gray hair, but I still want to speak about what you're doing so that the next generation can believe in you. And because there have been faithful people like that, we're here today. Because the faith is handed down generation to generation. So this is one of my favorite Sundays every year. I love my church Sunday because we get to hear stories of how God is moving in the lives of people sitting next to you, um, how God is working through this church, through you, um, and through the, the service that we're taking, and maybe even just a friendly handshake or an act of love and kindness in somebody's life. So um, be kind to everybody, because next year it could be you. I'm already looking, okay? And um, Margie, would you come up first? No, this is it. You're on. <laughs> okay, I don't want to be too loud because I'm very loud. Um, Margie Rozier and my husband Walt and I, we came to the church, this church, regularly about five or six years ago. Kim and Darren McKay, Darren is my son. And so we started coming here because I wanted to be close to my grandkids. And when Laura asked me, why do you love teaching Sunday school? I said, I just love the kids. And I, I got to thinking about that. Why? I wasn't raised in a Christian home. It was a very dysfunctional home. And I, God blessed me with Christian friends. Even when I was tiny, I can remember. I would go to church with them. And they would have me over at their house to their Christian family events and things. But going to Sunday school with those other kids, words from God were put in my heart. And those teachers probably never imagined what changes they would make in my life by having that word in my heart. And going through all that bad childhood, I think what caused it caused me to have such a heart for children. I can look at a child and feel what they're feeling. And I just love them so much. And that and I want to do for them what others did for me. I want to arm them with the Word of God. I want them to be able to go out in that world and, and I tell them, you're little warriors. You get your sword and if you get hurt, scared, lonely, 
you recite that word, you get your sword out. And I am so blessed. Last summer, I knew the three, four, five, six-year-olds. Last summer, they memorized the 23rd Psalm. Now, I'm telling you, that's a feat. And Sam and Carly's little girls, three, we, we had a swimming party to celebrate because they all memorized it. Their, their little girl stood up on the picnic table and recited that 23rd Psalm, three years old. It just nearly brought me to tears for a precious little child to have that in her heart and to know that if she's scared at night, she can recite that 23rd Psalm and have the peace of God come over her and cleanse her. Right now, we are learning the doxology. And I've got them an accordion and drums and bells and tambourines. And I've tried to teach them to be uh, unbridled in their joy. They can dance and they can sing as loud as they want. The Bible says, make a joyful noise. Well, we do. <laughs> Ask the people in the Sunday school room next door, and I apologize for that. But we're going to move it maybe out in the pasture, I told <laughs> Martha. Pitch us a tent. But they love it, and I want them to be able to have that freedom. And at being a part of this church... And you just don't know what you're going to do for a little child. You know, Laura's always telling them that y'all have all these mamas and daddies and grandmas and granddads in the church. And so she said that before, and I tell them that too. So they know that. They call me Yaya. Of course, a lot of that's because my grandkids do. But I'm so thankful that I have so many children that I can love and be a part. And I'm so thankful for this church to let me have the privilege to be a part of that and I want you parents to know you've got such precious sweet I'm cry. I love them so much you've got such precious sweet children and you're raising them in the way they should go and I'm so thankful that you allow me the privilege to be a part of that I, she talked about that pool party, y'all. I got letters from parents that tell me about the pool party that she threw. They said, because it's, I think, Margie, it's not just that you teach them the Bible, but they know that they're loved when they're with you. And so thank you for that. Um, Matt, are you ready? Matt Schusler? He's, he's trying to strong arm his family, but we don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, I did not rehearse this as a soloist, but we're going to try it. I tell you what, Marty, I, I want to go to your class, and, uh, and I mean, that's, that's, that's hard to follow you, and, and yeah, I'd love to call you Yaya, just like the other kids do, too, so, uh, okay, where to start here? Oh, I also want to give out a shout-out to the praise team. I mean, they, they did a great job this morning. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like I was in a revival. Yeah. Just, just hearing, I saw the light, that should be my theme song for the last year, year and a half. Uh, when Pastor Laura asked me to, to have some thoughts and stuff, and uh, 
it's, it's really hard just to stand up here and do justify it about six minutes of why exactly I do love my church. And I have some thoughts in my head, and these are my own thoughts and nobody else's thoughts, but uh, it's, my wife and I joined the church back in, in 2011. And actually, we had been started in the fall of 2009. And Pastor Laura came in 2010, and uh, before we joined, we actually joined, I guess it was uh, Palm Sunday in 2011. And we had pretty much had flown under the radar for the last year and a half before that. And then I think it's somewhere right out there, Pastor Laura pretty much had strongholded us and said, when are you going to join the church? So we're like, Neil, no. We joined, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a really good ride since then. Uh, whenever I go out into the community and people ask me, say, Matt, would you go to church? Or people come to my place of business, I always just tell them that I go to Bee Creek. And... and we're very well respected out in the community, as at least it's my perception. And it always starts back with the pastor. And I, I would like to say that I really love Pastor Lore. My family loves Pastor Lore. Uh, there's been a lot of things that's happened in our life in the last year and a half that uh, she's been there to help us out. Uh, also, Miss Jeannie has been real instrumental in helping our family out. and. And just, I can't say enough about how you guys have actually changed my life and my family's life, too. And like I said, I, I can't stand here and just, I could go on and on and on. And it was just, it would take up too much time. But thank you and Kevin, you know, to know that somebody else does love your life, too. So uh, with that being said, the, probably the, the number two thing would be what I like to term as the, the body of Christ. And that would be you guys, the congregation. And... It's uh, I get up every Sunday morning and I'm ready to come to church, not only to hear what Pastor Lord is going to preach to us, but also just to see you guys. And I, I really care a lot about everybody in here. And the way I look at it, there's about 155 reasons why exactly I love my church. It's this service. It's the 8:30 service, and it's the people that's going to come behind us in the 11 o'clock service. Uh, through my small groups. We were invited into a small group back in 2009, and the eight or nine or so families in my small group, uh, I, we've got such a bond with them that I know I could call them at any time of the night, and they know they could call me at any time of the night, and I would be there for them, or I would send somebody there for them if I'm out of town. And that's, that goes back to love and grace. Um, and, and some of you are out here in the audience thinking, well, how can he love me? He doesn't even know me. Well, you're right. But my goal is to, to reach out to you and, and know you. Um, the fact that you're here today, the fact that you're coming to this church qualifies you enough in my book. And believe you, the ones that, or believe me, the ones I do not know, I'm coming for you. Okay? <laughs> this little short, bald-headed guy is going to come talk to you. So, uh, but that that's just goes back to why I love this church. I, I get frustrated, I don't know about you guys, that when I can't come to church on a particular Sunday, I get, I want to go kick a bucket outside because I, I, I jump up and I look forward to going to church. You can ask my wife and my children that dad's already going through the house, turning the lights on, flinging pans, and here we go. It's, it's time to get cleaned up and go to church. And I don't really like being late to church, but if I am, I just, I know I can wheel in. And that's the cool thing about coming to this church. You can walk through that door, and it doesn't matter how you're dressed or, or where you, your status in life. 
God loves you and Jesus loves you just because of who you are. And this, our church loves you because of who you are. I've been a part of a lot of other congregations where they judged you just on your clothes coming through. And, and that's not cool. That's not, the, that's not the grace and love of Jesus Christ. And the third thing that the reason why I really love this church and something that's very dear to my heart is our church participation in the Emmaus community. And for some of you that, that have been on Emmaus walks, you know what I'm talking about. And for you that may not even know what Emmaus stands for, um, if you want to elevate yourself and, and take your relationship with the Lord to a, to a higher degree, you need to go on a walk. Uh, Emmaus Walks is basically, it's, it's an upper room program, and it is a three-day experience that takes a look into the New Testament far as choosing Christianity as a lifestyle. And I went on my walk last March, and it, it's transformed and changed my life. And, and the way it gets back to our church, I'll communicate that to you in a second. But I just thought that I was a good Christian. And for the most part, I, I was a good Christian. And I'm still a good Christian. I, I come from a, from a hardcore Southern Baptist background. And you're thinking, what's a kid like him doing in the Methodist church? Well, that's another whole story, too. But I can promise you nobody has had the pulpit beat more into them and scare tactics than, than I have. And, and that's, maybe that was a good thing. Maybe that's why I've been trying to be the great, good person I am for all my life. But I, what I found on my walk actually taught me uh, that the love of Christ has always been there for us since the, since the time we were born. And we get so busy in our lives and so caught up with trying to make that extra dollar and trying to get ahead in life that we do not see that. And I... I, if you want to reboot your computer, per se, then this is something you need to go. My, my family can tell you that I came back a different person. Um, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not going to run down the road and hit you with it. But I can tell you it's really centered me and it's made me realize things in life that I thought were important are totally meaningless. It's you guys. It's my relationship with Christ. Um, how many people out here have been on a walk before? Raise your hands. Okay, keep your hands up. Those that haven't, turn around and, and see somebody with their hand raised up and look. If you have questions about wanting to go on an Emmaus walk, find somebody that had their hands raised up, and I'm sure they will share the exact same story that I'm sharing with you. And if not, come find me. We'll go get a cup of coffee or go have lunch together someday. Um, we have a good thing going here, guys. This is This is something that that uh, I'm very proud to say I'm a part of. I, I, I truly believe that no matter where the Lord takes me in my life, I will always remember my time here at Bee Creek United Methodist Church. And if, if you're sitting out there today and you're just, you find yourself someone that just comes to church once a week, spends an hour, and then you go home, and you don't do anything else the rest of the week, let me tell you what, you're missing out. Because I was one of those persons. I was missing out. The best way to help your church and find out why you love your church and to help yourself grow more is to volunteer. You know, serve, on a, serve as an usher. Help into the kitchen area. And if you're not sure where your place is, come find Pastor Laura. Because I bet you she can find a place for you. Okay? It's just, uh, it's, it's taking myself to, to a new horizon. But... I just wanted to come up here and, and say this. this is why I love you guys and, and uh, to all my Emmaus brothers and sisters, Day Cloris.
See how I worked in an Aggie there? Did you notice that? <laughs> um, what Matt said is, is so true that um, this is a church family. We're going to start talking about that a little bit more next week as we dig into the Lord's Prayer. But we're also a family sent out. And so when you, like he does, say, people, where do you go to church? Um, that's a witness. They're going to watch you and, go, and decide what this church is like based on you. And so I'm so proud because I know that any of y'all who go out, I'll be proud um, to hear y'all say, oh, I go to Bee Creek. Um, so I'd like to invite our final speaker up right now, Jesse. Where is Jesse? She's hiding over there. Jesse Navery is going to come and share her story about why she loves Bee Creek. I don't know what is so scary about this thing, but it's, it scares me because it's, it's like looking at me and to talking to it. Um, I have notes, but just so I can have something to do with my hands. Um, so my name is Jessie Napier, and I've been a member of this church since 2008. Um, and I can remember distinctly when I first walked into this room. I don't remember the sermon. I laughed and I cried, and crying in public is kind of weird for me, but I'm going to end up doing it. I'll just give you a heads up. Um, and I don't remember the songs that were sung. I remember George Chafee and his Merry Men saying some great old gospel tune, and I loved it. Um, but I remember the feeling. And all I could think to describe it as with my, when I went home to my husband was I felt God in this building. And I didn't even understand what that meant. I just know I felt something. Um, and I hadn't been a part of a church since I was nine years old. And when I was in my 20s, I was an agnostic slash atheist. I thought I was pretty philo philosophical and pretty smart. Um, and then um, that kind of started turning around as life got rough. And then when I had children, that blew it totally out of the water because I can't see how you can have children and not believe that there's a God. Um, and me and my husband, we searched, we looked, and we'd go to a church, and it was just something was missing. So I came here, and I felt it, and I couldn't wait to come back. Every Sunday, I just couldn't wait to come back and then volunteer. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to chill out in the periphery and just do, you know, just do children's church and maybe help out here and there, but not really get involved and kind of sit out back there on the eighth row and kind of like towards the back door so I could kind of sneak out at the end. Um, and then um, my husband started coming to church, and he started doing music. And so my whole plan of chilling out and staying in the background totally that that wasn't going to happen <laughs> um and I got to I got the opportunity to sing with him on occasion and um I can say that I've never felt so so much a, a, like a channel like a, a servant of God as when I sang I haven't ever felt that close to God except for with my children having children um it was just a beautiful experience and that whole time period um, when we first joined the church was just unbelievable. God's blessings were abundant, and life was great, and I thought, this is God's love. You know, getting what you want, being joyful, things happening, getting to see, like, clearly God working in your life, meeting wonderful people, being a part of a community. I thought, you know, that's it. But I was a child in my faith. I was brand new. And um, I started, uh, I still had a real rebellious nature, and I uh, had a lot of pride, and um, that those things kind of pulled me down. And there was a crisis in my family, and uh, with all of that, I just, I really kind of, I, I just, I can say sin kind of took over my life. I allowed it to. And um, 
coming to church made me feel really shameful. I felt so much shame and so much guilt and so much fear all the time. And coming into this room actually didn't comfort me. It made me feel like God was looking at me, and I didn't want God to look at me. And I was a child, so I thought you can hide in my faith. And that's what children do when they're in trouble, they hide. Um, and so eventually, I, we stopped coming. And um, I just felt like God had kicked me out, or I had sinned my way out of God's grace and faith. And, you know, and I knew better, but that's what I believed. And so I just, I got, things got to a really dark place. It was like that valley you hear of. It was definitely a valley. Lots of shadows, lot of, lots of darkness. And when I would see people from church out and about, I would like immediately try to find my exit plan. Like, how am I going to get out of here? But more often than not, I was greeted with hugs or true, genuine love. People telling me they missed me. They missed hearing us sing, asking how we were doing. And it was like little bits of light. And uh, there were so many of those experiences. And there were so many people in this church that I never thought would get down in that valley with me. But they did. And they helped me. And they helped me continue to have faith. Even though I couldn't hear God, I couldn't see God, I couldn't feel God. God was in them. And God came to me even though I was hiding from them in the form of people in this church. And, uh, you know, there's too many stories, but there's one I want to tell in particular. Um, there was one particular time that was really uh, dark, and um, I had finally gotten down on my knees. I'd been praying, but not, you know, really. Um, and I got down on my knees, and I asked God to just take it because it was too much. It was too much anxiety and fear, and I was really scared and asked God to take it. And I asked for daily bread because we needed it. <laughs> and I asked for God to show his face because I needed to see it. And the next day, just out of the blue, um, Cindy Neva um, left me a message or called me or something and asked if she could bring by some food. And, um, you know, people had asked, you know, to do that before, and my husband was in the hospital, so it was kind of like, you know, I guess we were on some kind of prayer chain or something. I mean, I hadn't gone to church, so I didn't know. Um, and normally my pride would have made me say, no, I, you know, I think we're okay, but I had asked God for bread. And I had prayed to see him, so I was like, sure. And that whole day I felt so much better. And when I got home, shortly after I got home, she shows up with her cute little dogs in her car, and the kids were freaking out and loving the dogs. And I don't remember if she hugged me. I don't remember, like, the chain of events. I just remember I felt hugged. I felt loved, like the hug you get from your mom when you fall down. I felt that from her. And she was this big, bright light. And I don't know Cindy Neva that well. Like, I've seen her here, but we don't, like, talk about our personal issues. We just hug and say hi. And I've always thought she was a wonderful woman, but I had no idea. And she brought joy and hope and faith and light to a place that was really, really dark. And I don't think she even knew. And she brought bread, but it wasn't just bread. It was, like, the strudel, this, like, apple strudel bread. And it was the best bread I've ever tasted. And it was gone, like, that day. And she didn't just bring bread either. She brought, not for just one day, there was enough food for, like, two, three days. And we really needed it. And she had no idea. And so the thing I love about this church is not this building, although it's really pretty, and it's not the music or the programs, although they're really great, it's the people. 
It's the people in these rooms who loved me and showed me God's love and his grace and his forgiveness, even though I don't think I deserved it. But it's the kind of love that God gives us. He, we don't deserve his death for our sins, but he gave it to us. And so when other people were doing that, it just, I always felt like this need and this desire and this guilt to like say thank you or to give back, but have nothing to give. And so when Laura asked me to do this, I did not want to do this at all. And I thought, why me? Why would she ask me to do this? Because I'm, I'm coming back to church because of the people, but I'm not here, you know, regularly or all the time. But it's because I prayed for it. I've been praying for a way to say thank you so much for what you did for me and my family. And that I love you all. And uh, <clears throat> I don't really have anything to give back. Um, but I did love singing here. So Laura, Laura asked uh, me to sing, and my husband and I are going to do a song for you. Say thank you.
y'all have a seat let's pray God we we thank you for these people who have shared a glimpse into their lives into what you're doing how you're building them up how you're calling them forth to serve how you're answering their prayers and we remember Jesus that when you were here you always reached out to people who cried you always healed people who were hurt and you always forgave people um, no matter what and so we pray, Jesus, that you would help us continue to be your light in a world that is dark. For the people who are in the shadows, God, help them like Jesse saw a little spark in the people who just gave her a hug. Help us to be the spark of light for other people. Help us to remember how much one gift, one call, one word, one child, one person matters. And help us, God, to do what we can so that this world and the people in it will continue to know you better and your love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>